What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Giants Nation podcast. I'm your host, uh, Justin Roman. And guys, I hope you all are ha- I hope you. I hope everyone is having a wonderful Friday morning. Um, guys, we are literally two days away from a huge matchup between the New York Giants uh, when they uh, when the Giants get back at home and play the Indianapolis Colts. If the Giants win, they are going to be in the postseason for the first time um, in, since 2016. So it's been a while since we've seen the G-Men in the postseason. You know, it's going to be huge. Um, you know, the Giants, you know, getting, you know, the Giants are getting some good news uh, heading into this week. You know, um, they're, as you, as you guys been hearing me talk about this team, they're getting healthy. You know, um, the Giants are, you know, now look at, we don't know if they're going to, we don't, uh, we don't know if the Giants are going to start Xavier McKinney or Dory Jackson for this game against the Colts. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, obviously, it's going to be a big game against a four-win Colts team. So we're going to have to see. Uh, we're going to have to see as things... Uh, we're going we're gonna to have to see as we get closer to Sunday. But guys, I just want to get on my podcast. Because you guys know, whenever I'm, on my po- whenever I'm on my podcast, I'm always finding something to talk about this team. You know, um... I, today, I just want to talk about the Giants' offense receiving high marks for impressive red zone efficiency. I, you know, and the reason why I want to talk about this is because, you know, the Giants for years, we have, this team has struggled to find ways to score in the red zone for a while. And it seems like they're finding ways to score, either that's running the football very in the, running the football with Saquon Barkley or with Daniel Jones or finding ways to get the ball in the air and finding guys wide open in those big time moments. You know, um so you know I think that's why we need to I think that's why I want to talk about this. It's because we're going against a coach defense that's not that bad. I mean the Colts defensive line features a lot of great talent. I mean, you got, you know, we're going to be going, you know, the Colts defense, you know, even though the, even though the Colts have a losing record, you know, we're, we're still going up against a pretty good team, you know, but look at the Giants are getting the green light in the red zone. The respected analytics site football outside, outsiders ranks the Giants as the second most efficient offense inside the 20-yard line. According to his DVOA statistic that measures a team by comparing success on every play to a league average based on situation and opponent, you know, um, offense, coordinator, offense coordinator Mike Kafka was, was saying this, uh, was saying this, um, generally speaking, you want to try and find a tendency on what defense is doing a coverage standpoint and then try to find a way to create an advantage, you know, there in the run game and the pass game. Either it's shifting, motioning, influencing the defense to maybe expand a little bit more, you know. 
You know, it's kind of understandable where my Kafka's coming from. You know, look it. They're, you know, look it. They're not, the, you know, they're not defending the depth of the field. So, you know, so you now, so look it. You you know you have to you have to use the width of it. You try to maybe expand it to run inside or to condense it to run outside. You know, um, my Capco is also saying we'll run guys back and forth across the formation to to create some space. He was also saying there's a lot of things that we look at. You know, um, and it's very obvious. Mike Kafka saying all that. Obviously, this guy's coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, who obviously with Patrick Mahomes and with the Chiefs when they had Tyree Kill, the Chief, you know, that offense always featured a lot of a lot of creative run plays. Either you ran, either you motion Tyree Kill from the left to the right. You know, you know that's that was just the basic. That was just the basic offense of you know of the Chiefs when Mike when uh, Mike Kalka was there as the offensive coordinator you know the Giants have scored touchdowns on 61.9% of their red zone trips this season up from 44.7% last season without many significant personal upgrades you know first and foremost you know the players I thought that I thought the players on this offense this year have done a good job executing their assignments with great attention to detail and fundamentals and techniques down uh, down there. Uh, defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence was a full participant Thursday after his now weekly rest day on Wednesdays as a way of managing his heavy game day workloads. You know, um, cornerback Dory Jackson, outside linebacker Aziz Ojolari, and defensive lineman Leonard Williams were limited participants. Williams is expected to play, which is huge. While head coach Brian Dayball said uh, Jackson and uh, while, ja- while Brian Dayball is saying Adore Jackson, uh, Adore Jackson and Aziz Ojolari are making progress, and there's a chance they could also play as well. Uh, tight end Chris uh, Myrick cleared waivers, and he's also expected to return to the practice squad. A roster loophole will allow the Giants to elevate Myrick for the first uh, for the final two regular season games, as each practice squad player can be bumped up three times. Myrick has played in all 15 games with eight starts, but is behind Daniel Bellinger and Nick Van- uh, Nick Vanette on the depth chart. You know, so you know this is just this is just um, this is just huge from the Giants, and you can really and like I was talking about this uh, yesterday. You can everything you see from the Giants' offense. You know, just seeing how they performed against a Vikings defense that's literally allowing more than uh, three hundred yards overall. You can see that the you can see that this Giants offense is getting better, and you can see when it comes to good coaching and when it comes to great you know when it comes to developing your quarterback with the right you know with the right uh, with the right pieces you know you have a shot at you have a shot at winning big time games against uh, teams that have that have talent all over. You know, I mean, there's nothing you can say when you look at this Minnesota Vikings team, you know, that even though the media like to kill Kirk Cousins, 
over Kirk Cousins at the end of the day, he he's winning. He's you know, he's getting the Vikings wins. The Vikings are a 12 win team. I honestly think they're one of the best teams in the NFC. Guys, I mean, look, they're putting up this team can put up points. You know why? Because Kevin O'Connell and and the front office for the Vikings, they surrounded they gave they gave Kirk Cousins, you know, something that he can play for. You know, they gave him receivers. They get you know, they drafted Jefferson. they you know, they got Justin Jefferson, they got Adam Thielen. They got TJ Hawkinson, who in my opinion is a pretty good tight end. You know, they got KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook. We all know how good he is as a running back. You know, the, the Vikings, everywhere you look at that, every, every, when you look at the Vikings offense, you can't say that that offense is not uh, made for success. This team, this, but the, and we're, and we're also talking about the same Vikings offense that was literally down 33-0 to the Indianapolis Colts. And then two quarters, you know, in, in, in the third and fourth quarter, this, the same Vikings offense went out there and put up 39 points and beat the Colts in overtime. You ask the you if you ask the Vikings to put up four points when they're literally down by thirty three, they're gonna do that. You know why? Because they have the talent to do it. You know, and I've been hearing what you guys have been saying. Oh, Justin, what do you think? Do you think there? Do you think if Daniel Jones was in that same position Kirk Cousins was in, if he had a Justin Jefferson, uh, um. You know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, you know, imagine what Daniel Jones would do if he had those pieces plus with Saquon Barkley. And, you know, and, with the, and the, the Giants offensive line will get better. I believe I, I, uh, I, I believe in my heart of heart, I believe Evan Neal will get better. You know, this he has to get better. This kid was ranked as one of the best tackles in this year's draft class of all tackles, you know. And I think it will get better, you know. Andrew Thomas, he's already proved that he can be one. Of, he, Andrew Thomas has already proved that he he can be he could be one of the he could be the he could be the next uh, Quentin Nelson of the NFL, and he has shown that this guy is literally one of the best left tackles in the league, you know. And I don't know why people didn't I don't know why he didn't get selected to go to the Pro Bowl, you know. That's pretty messed up. But Andrew Thomas has proved in what he's like in his third year that he can be one of the best left tackles in you know the league. Now you have a young right, you have a right tackle, you have a rookie right tackle who's going to get better. You know, now we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see how the rest of the offensive line is going to play out. But as of for the two tackle for the tackle position, I think the Giants are set. I'm I'm. I think the Giants might go and get. I think the Giants might go and draft the center, you know, because I think you know John Fluciano. He only signed a one-year deal with the Giants, you know. So I think the Giants might go in the draft and draft the center, you know. I think the I think the I think the right and left guard. I think the guard position. I think we're set on that. I think Shane Lemieux, may Shane Lemieux and Nick Gates. I think we I think we can use those. I think we can rely on those guys to be. Uh, right and our right and left guard, you know. Obviously, we guys we still gotta see what we have in uh, rookie Joshua Zudu, you know. But 
other than that, I think this team is uh, set in the right direction. The defensive line, as I uh, was, as I've been saying for multiple times, this Giants defensive line is very good. Dexter Lawrence, he he's he's proving that he is one of, the, he's already proven that he can be one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Kayvon Thibodeau, he he uh, he's improving. You know, and he's starting to show those. He's starting to show those flashbacks that we all saw in Oregon. You know, using though, you know, being very quick off the ball. You know, and being very bendy and being very uh, athletic and trying to get to the quarterback. Aziz Ojolari. You know, like Leonard Williams. He's proven that he can be a force in the interior. The Giants. Overall, are going to get better, and now you're now there's a good chance we could get a, um, a Dory Jackson and Xavier McKinney back literally two days before the playoffs. So I think the I think the I think everything is falling in the right pieces at the right time for the Giants, you know, and for the quarterback position. And I, I'm, I hear what I hear what every other Giants fan has been saying. The ones that are on my side on the Daniel Jones debate. Daniel Jones, like I don't wanna, I, just, I don't wanna go out and go through this the quarterback situation of seeing which quarterback we can, uh, we like the that us Giants fans can trust as the season continues. Why would you know and. This is my one message to the, the haters and the, the doubters and the critics that really can't stand Daniel Jones. Why would you want to go out and draft a quarterback? And don't get me wrong, I like Bryce Young. I like CJ Stroud, you know? But what do you what in your right what in your right minds do you think that those guys are gonna be better than Daniel Jones? That means you're what you're just what you're asking Joe Shane is can we please start over? Why would you want to start over? Why would you want to start over when you literally know what Daniel Jones can do, and you know what he, he's doing things with no receiving core, you know, and with a new system. Give Daniel Jones the help he needs. Give him some receivers, you know. And let's see what he can do. And if Daniel Jones can take you places, if he can take you to an NFC Championship game, if he can take you to a Super Bowl, then you pay him. If he doesn't, then I get it. Then I was wrong about everything I said about this kid. But everything you guys are telling me, it's not not going to change how I... It's not going to change my feelings on how it, you know, it's not going to change how I feel about this kid, you know, the th- the things that I said about this kid, I'm going to, I'm going to remain, I'm going to keep on saying it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to keep on saying what I say, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize a guy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to criticize a quarterback, or any quarterback. I don't care. I, like I said before, even I said this even when and even when we drafted Daniel Jones, I'm not going to criticize a guy when he literally had nothing around him for the past four years. He has an offensive line that's going to get better. 
He has a he ha, he's playing beside one of the uh, one of the best running backs in the league. He doesn't have receivers. And don't get me wrong, I love what Darius Slayton is doing. You know, don't get me wrong, I love what he's doing. But overall, he doesn't have anything around him. You know, what does he have? Londo Robinson's hurt. Daniel Bellinger, I think this, I like Daniel Bellinger. I think he's going to get better. You know, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. But he doesn't have a true number one receiver. Either, either that, either that number one receiver is going to come out, come out of the draft or in free agency. Nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna, everything, you guys can say anything what you want to me or about Daniel Jones. It's not gonna change how I feel about him. Now, the, now the, now the fan, now the Giants fans that criticize Daniel Jones, but still at the same time, give him the props that he deserves, then I'm okay with that. You know, cause those are just, those are, those are the fans that just want to win and those are the fans that just want to make sure that, okay, we're, ha- we're, we're, we're doing something pretty good. And if we're not, oh, we're going we're gonna to call it out. Why, does da- why would you want to give up on a guy who doesn't? Why would you want to criticize a guy who literally had nothing around him? Why, like, why, do you, why do you think? Let me ask you this question. And this is for all the critics. Why do you think the New York Giants were under? The, why do you think everyone looked at the New York Giants as as a last season Cincinnati, uh, the last season Cincinnati Bengals? You know why? Because the way the Bengals were is exactly what the Giants are this year. What the Bengals were, the Bengals were rebuilding. They went out and got Joe Burrow. The difference between Joe Burrow's situation and Daniel Jones' situation, Joe Burrow, he got, you know, he was, he got, he was in a very, he was in a pretty good situation, you know. He got drafted, you know, the front office kept everything in front of him, and look what happened. The same front office gave him Jamar Chase. They got him T. Higgins, and look what happened. Joe Burrow in his second year got his team to the Super Bowl. You know why? Because he had talent around him. And Joe Burrow, he stood, he you know, he showed up when he needed to. Daniel Daniel, can you guys under can are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Daniel Jones, when he got drafted, he didn't have that. He didn't have a Jamar Chase. He didn't have that. When Daniel Jones was playing for the Giants in the first year, the only thing he had was Evan Ingram, a pretty good tight end, and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, in those, in those four years, he was hurt. And look at it. He's healthy. Daniel Jones is balling out. His numbers are way better than what they were for the past four, what they were for the past four years. The guy, he's not turning the ball over as much. He still doesn't have receivers. That's what happens when you surround. You know, you guys get what I'm saying? Put Daniel Jones in Joe Burrow's shoes. And I'm pretty sure Daniel Jones would ball out. You know why? Because he has no, he has guys that can make plays. But no. He can't do that. 
because he was playing for he was playing for a GM for an owner and a head coach who didn't do or an offensive coordinator who didn't give him any favors. John Mayer didn't give Dan, John Mayer didn't give Daniel Jones any favors because he went out and signed he went out and signed a general manager who did nothing but kill the Giants over the years in Dave Gutterman. And John Mayer did nothing but sign get up uh, talk to talk to coordinators who had net, who had nothing but other than had nothing but other experience besides head coaching. Joe Judge. He didn't have this guy was a special teams coordinator, so we all knew that wasn't gonna work. Pat Shermer, offensive, you know, this guy was an offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. That didn't work. Now you look at you now you go and get a guy and Joe Shane who knows what it who knows what it ta- who knows what it takes to win. You know why? Because Joe Shane came from a Buffalo Bills uh organization who literally was one step away from going to the Super Bowl. And look at John Mara fixed everything. He gave Daniel Jones a good GM, a good head coach, and now the good head coach and the good GM gave Daniel Jones a good coaching staff and a good offense coordinator. It, it all, this all has to do with coaching. If you gave Daniel Jones the pieces Kirk Cousins had, would you imagine Kirk Daniel Jones having a, a receiver like Justin Jefferson who, in my opinion, is one of the best young wide receivers in, in the league today, Daniel Jones, his, his numbers would be high. So ask, answer that question. What if, what if Daniel Jones had the pieces Joe Burrow had? What, what would happen? Oh, this is what you guys are going to say. Oh, it wasn't Daniel Jones. It was because of the, it was because of the receivers. Oh, Daniel Jones. He's a guy that you. He's a guy that you don't win because of. He's a guy that you win in spite of. That's what you guys say. If Daniel Jones had the pieces, you know why? Because you guys hate him so much blindly. You guys can't stand him. That's all I gotta say. If Daniel Jones does have a number one receiver. Let me ask you this question. If Daniel Jones does have a number one receiver, either it's from the draft or free agency, and he somehow balls out, and he somehow takes the Giants to a Super Bowl, or if he ends up playing for another team, what are you guys going to say then? You guys, aren't, you guys have nothing to say. Because all you guys want to do is hate on a guy who did nothing to you. That's all I got to say. But anyways, guys, that's all I have to say for this uh, for this video. Um, I'll um, sorry, it sounded like I was going off on a little rant, but I hope you guys enjoyed my podcast. I will be back here. I will be back on here tomorrow to give you some more information on on this crazy journey as the Brian Dayball and the Joe Shane era is beginning. So anyways, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Until then, I'm out. Peace.